From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 377. Today's show is brought to you by Things, Capital One, and Setup. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Jason Snow. Hi, Jason Snow. Hi, Mike Hurley. We just got finished with the big Apple event here, the big October Apple event. Unleashed. We did. Unleashed. It was unleashed. And um, it did look like more like a Star Trek warp field than a uh, uh, Star Wars hyperspace. And in fact, there is a shot in the event where the, your, the Enterprise goes into warp. So yeah, I, I guess that that's what it was. Yeah. So that is my hashtag snow talk question for you. Oh. It comes from me again. And it's follow up from the last one that we did on the draft episode. Jason, okay. do you feel that Apple have been unleashed? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. It's all the reasons that we said, right? Uh-huh. It's uh, it's the, the processor power of the pro chips and it's the uh magsafe thing which i thought it was well i mean we'll get to it but i i guess it shows you something about how much they wanted to hammer home about performance that they didn't make a bigger thing about magsafe but yep. we're gonna make a big thing about magsafe that's what's gonna happen we're gonna do that job for them because i think it's a big deal before we get into anything today we have a very quick announcement at the top of the show merch is back Merch is back. We are doing our promised uh, fall, or at least fall in this particular hemisphere, hoodie return. Mm-hmm. We also have a, an upgrade t-shirt return. So if you want to get yourself something nice for the holidays or whatever, um, we, we got you covered. Yeah, so we haven't brought these hoodies and shirts uh, back since like 2019. So we have a white, gray, and black version of the uh, Upgrade logo tee. We have a great red Upgrade logo. And for the first time, we're bringing new colors to the uh, much-loved Upgrade hoodie. So it's previously only been in black, but we now have a red and uh, heather gray option with a new pro black and white Upgrade logo embroidered uh, onto the chest with, as always, a very special message for only the true Upgradians on the uh-huh. inside of said hoodie. Uh, this, right. These, these uh, wonderful Upgrade logo merchandise products are only going to be around uh, for a couple of weeks, I think the 2nd of November. So you've got about two weeks uh, to get these things, 1st or 2nd of November. Uh, you go to UpgradeYourWardrobe.com and you can pick them up or you can uh, check the link in the show notes and you can get some wonderful Upgrade merch and help support the show. And just to be clear, these are uh, the hoodie. As always, is in my favorite hoodie, um, mm-hmm. and the I, I said, please, independent trading company hoodie, which is my favorite. Super good hoodie. And uh, new color options for yep. the the logo is is white and black, and so that gave us the options to do the gray and the red. Yep. And they both look great. And it's the first time we've done the upgrade logo tee with the logo in red instead of yep. black, so it looks pretty cool too. Like yeah. It. So we've got some some new options there. New colorways, as they say. Colorways. Yeah. The colors are as infected are. The, color, uh, the colors are. Oh yes. He got all up in there and changed and, mm-hmm. and, and fiddled with the merchandise. Mm-hmm. Should we do the draft results, Jason Snell? Yes, let's do the draft results. We conferred before the show, uh-huh. and I am the winner. Yes, congratulations. You now win the year. I can finally put this horrible year behind me. <laughs> yeah, we'll just move on. That's right. <laughs> I'm glad we don't have any Twitter accounts or anything. It's just, uh-huh. yes, we acknowledge it, and let's move on. However, I will say, I think we did really well. Um, in our MacBook Pro section, I went five for five, and you went four for five. Yeah. The only thing that separated us there is that you made the, I would say, extremely logical 
suggestion that they put an Ethernet jack in the power adapter if they're going to do MagSafe, mm-hmm. like on the iMac. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do that. We're I gonna... kind of can't believe they haven't done this. I, I assume there must be a data transfer issue with this MagSafe connector they're putting on the laptops. So, Here's what I think. And I, I think maybe if you think of it this way, they made the right decision. Um, although I would be, you know, I would love for them to offer this down the road. But the big change with MagSafe, as opposed to all previous MagSafes, is it used to be MagSafe with one and two of MagSafe. This is MagSafe three. You had a MagSafe cable that ran to the power block. And it was hardwired into the power block, which mm-hmm. meant you could only ever use MagSafe with the Apple power block. There were theoretically there were licensees, and there were people who like did it kind of on the sly, and it, it, like, but it was you had to use their block, which means that if you wanted to attach to a just a plug in your car or or a plug in an air airplane um, USB plug or or whatever, like no, you couldn't do any of that. You just had to use the Apple power cable, and this. MagSafe 3 is a MagSafe 3 to USB-C plug. That's uh-huh. all it is. And as a result, they would have to also build a new power block, a new USB-C thing that also had an Ethernet jack in it. It was like a little hub. Um, and so I can see why they maybe opted for the simpler solution of we're just going to USB-C all the things rather than create some sort of proprietary only works with our laptops adds you know piggybacks ethernet kind of thing so if they had to choose um you know i I, maybe this is this is the right choice but it is a cool idea to to get that ethernet plug off the cable off the table and not have to use a dongle for it but um that was not the case uh the colors our draft was very innovative and uh, (laughs) it went the way we expected really it went essentially with our two picks our first two picks which were silver and space gray we really bet on the fact that they were going to these also these laptops predate some of apple's other color moves because they were supposed to be all the rumors suggest uh, june release and though that was the era of silver and space gray before we entered the weird starlight midnight zone that we now reside in at least temporarily so we'll see what they do in the long run with uh with their pro laptops and really with all the macs uh pro and not and what color changes they make there having only really seen these and those iMacs that are colorful uh where they're going to go but in the end we split that so basically say no points for that and then our other picks round we split i you and i both had airpods versions of airpods details that we got right uh, you called out John Turnus being introducing a product. He absolutely did that. He was the kind of guiding force. He was one level of parentheses in from Tim. Is it fair to say John Turnus is Mac Daddy now? I'm pretty sure he is, right? He has to share custody with with Craig Federighi, though, right? Like, cause yeah, he's but Mac Craig OS is Daddy. software daddy. Craig, <laughs> okay. he, you know. That's fair. All right. Okay. Um, and then the other one I got right in here was I said that they would mention a new version of an Apple Pro app, figuring that they would have some update that would enable something. And Mike, they mentioned three. They mentioned Logic. They mentioned Final Cut Pro. But most importantly, Compressor. Everyone's favorite. Everybody's favorite <laughs> app, Compressor. Uh, somebody who's compressed video with Compressor. I'm like, okay, Compressor. You were spot right. on with uh, Logic. Like you said in the show that they would talk about spatial audio, and they did. I would right. love them to actually release that because I think it's the third time they've spoken about this. They, they've spoken about I knew they'd bring it up, uh, but they also mentioned that they're using, uh, they're, they're doing a motion tracking feature so you can do those things where like the camera pans, but the titles pan with it like they're mm-hmm. actually in the shot and stuff. Mm-hmm. They've got that feature in an update to Final 
Final Cut and it'll use the Neural Engine and blah, 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 all those things. But they, they definitely use that. So I got that one right. However, I missed on the Silic- Apple Silicon Mac Mini, uh, which I still feel like they could introduce at any point with these new chips and just say, oh, yeah, we also did a new Mac Mini. But they didn't do it in the show and they haven't done it today. Um, you called out the affordable external display. We also didn't get uh, that. How many times did they mention displays in this presentation? Like so many, so many. You, hey, you can have four display. Like however many displays it is now. But you know, obviously, you have to spend like seven hundred thousand dollars if you <laughs> if you want them to be Apple branded displays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was frustrating. Yeah, but you, but but there are are so many. Yeah, I know it. It really, um, it's still a pain point, and I hope yep. they address it. Yeah, I got the John Stewart comedy bit right. They instead did a garage band thing where you remixed all the sounds that I think Stephen Hackett and I both looked at and were amazed by. Um, I appreciated that it was in a garage. You you didn't get the John Stewart comedy bit right. I did not get the John no. Stewart comedy. I was bit like, right. I no John Stewart. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't get John Stewart. Instead, they did this garage band yeah. thing, which was in a garage. There was like laundry. That and was stuff. fun, it was right? Close. And yeah, they're sampling, um, you know, Apple sounds, including uh, an appearance from the iPod Hi-Fi. Who had that in the Apple keynote bingo? The iPod Hi-Fi would reappear uh-huh. along with the original iMac, and there's a lot of really great little tidbits in there. Uh, sampled by that guy who's like by his laundry, um, which is funny because that's like very much like my setup. Well, it's what I liked is that person had a Pro Display XDR just in the yes. middle of their garage. Somebody said Pro Display XDR in in the garage. Uh, somebody in a Slack that I'm in uh, was like, "That's interesting," and I thought, "Well, those big holes make it really easy for the spiders to crawl in there." Oh, but the good, but the good news is. They can crawl right back out because the holes are really big in the Pro so. Display XDR. Do you remember when you had a spider in your computer? Yes, yes, I do. That's that why I mentioned times. it. It's mm. mm-hmm. uh, and you said macOS Monterey shipping in October. Honestly, we could have gone either way. We asked Stephen, and he said he thinks you didn't get this, but it's arguable that by the transitive property you did because these new Macs are shipping next week, and they are going to have macOS Monterey, which means presumably yeah. that they won't just ship on that. And I know Apple actually has announced that macOS Monterey is shipping on Monday. Monday. Today, Ooh, as we I record, they, it, wow. it will be shipping on the 25th of oh. October. Uh, they didn't really mention it in the keynote. You kind of have to do some logic work to get there. Not Logic Pro, but actually like Mr. Spock kind of logic. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter because that made the score 7-6 if we had tied at 7. Um, the over-under set at 60 minutes. The show, 50 minutes long. I, I chose the under, or rather you chose the over, and I got the under. So it, whether it whether it tied 7-7, or I think we're officially going to rule at 7-6, but even if we tied, I would have won. So it's sort of not doesn't matter to litigate it because I got the under and that's the draft. So now we can never speak of this year's drafts again. <laughs> yeah. The drafts are done. Congratulations, Jason, on your win Thank on you. this draft and your win for the year. Hard fought year. This is the first non draw of the year. Indeed. So I sort of won by one, one yeah. point in the end. Uh, so there's obviously, as we record, there's always things going on, right? So like people are digging through web pages and the wonderful Relay FM members Discord is always throwing things in there as we're going, which is very helpful because there's some stuff that's pertinent to discussion. And I just think a bit of real-time follow-up before we begin. So our good friend macOS Monterey, which is shipping on Monday apparently, which I'm, I'm intrigued about, uh, found out that uh, Steve Trout Smith, friend of the show, tweeted this, that Safari is going to clearly be redesigned again. Old tabs appear to be back in one of uh, the images on the macOS Yeah, well, I mean, something that I wrote about last week when they changed the um, changed it a little bit 
is that I got the distinct impression that they weren't done. And so, yes, I'm I'm sure they're not. And it would I would imagine that there would be more changes probably rolled out. There'll probably be a beta this week that is the final next for next week yeah. and that has more tab changes in it. So I, that feels I, like I a real no like coming in hot on that one, right? <laughs> like it's uh, what is it? Monday today, Monday next week. Uh, apparently, there's going to be a new design. Nobody has it installed. Maybe by the end of the day today, people will start having it installed. I wouldn't be surprised if they released a beta at some point. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's happening again. They're changing it again. Um, I think it's going to be, looking at this image, this kind of seems like best of all worlds kind of thing for Safari. But uh, we, I guess we could talk about that maybe in the coming weeks. Uh, just real quick on Monterey before we move on to everything else today. Um, what do you think about stability and stuff? I keep seeing people say it's uh, shaky. I don't agree. I think okay. Monterey works fine. Cool. I, I think it's not hard to use it i i don't i i've been using it for a little while now as my main system it works fine i don't i'm not running into any big problems uh any weirdnesses i i think there are issues with some of the features but they're mostly like yeah shortcuts doesn't work very well because it's kind of a beta uh and and is not really in a great state like it is on ios in fact but as just day-to-day use i I basically haven't even noticed. I have to remind myself sometimes that Monterey is what I'm using now because it's basically, it feels just the same as uh, as Big Sur. It's just the same. The release candidate is out now, says Zach in the Discord. Yeah, so, see, there you go. Probably with tabs. Probably with tabs. This episode is brought to you by Things, the award-winning to-do app. Today, I want to tell you about a fantastic feature that's just been added to Things. Things now supports Markdown inside of your notes. So like the notes on your tasks, that's right, Markdown. And not just some small subset of things either. It's the real thing. Headings, bold, italics, highlights, code, code blocks, you name it, it's in there. All the syntax is detected and rendered in a beautiful style inside your to-dos and project notes. Now, you might be surprised to think of Markdown as a feature inside of a to-do. Well, that's because in most to-do apps, the notes field is treated like a second-class citizen, either displayed in some super small font below a to-do or tucked away deep inside of a triple inspector pane, but not so in things. Your notes take center stage. When you open a to-do, you're given tons of room to write in. It's super easy to add any details you need to get the task done, from detailed plans to reference materials to brainstorms and so on. Of course, not every to-do needs such long notes, But for the ones that do, it's great that you can now keep them right where you need them, inside of things. And thanks to Markdown, even your longest notes look and feel fantastic. So if you haven't tried out things, you should check out this new version. Just search for things in the App Store or go to thingsapp.com. You can download a free trial for your Mac and try the new Markdown feature for yourself. Whatever it is you want to accomplish in life, things can help you get there. I would just say from my own personal experience, there is no better looking to-do app. Things is absolutely beautiful on every platform. I truly appreciate just how good looking this app is, which just makes making your to-dos even nicer in my opinion. So go to thingsapp.com and try it out today. Our thanks to Things from Culture Code for their support of this show and Relay FM. Hi, I'm Zane Lowe, and I would like to talk to you about my friend <laughs> Siri. Oh yes, my good Zane good Lowe friend. Loves Siri. That's what we learned yes. today. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting music. Like, I expected AirPods, right? But I did not expect 
music as like a part of the presentation today. It was interesting. I didn't either. I, I think it's a good example of storytelling on Apple's part. Mm-hmm. They wanted to tell something a little bit broader, tell a little bit broader story than just we have some new AirPods. And so putting it in kind of a context and they had some other product revisions that they wanted to do. Um, HomePod mini revision of a sort and uh, and a new service that they wanted to offer. And so they rolled those together and told a, a little bit broader story about it rather than just dropping the AirPods. And that. Right, that makes sense. Like, if you've got these things floating around there, why mm-hmm. not unify them and tell a single story about um, about audio? And the um, in terms of what Zane introduced with his good friend Siri, it's this Apple Music voice plan, which is $5 a month and in 17 countries later this fall. And I saw a lot of people sort of baffled by this, like, this is a weird thing. Why are they doing this? But my recollection, when I got an Amazon Echo, one of the first things that Amazon offered me was a cheap Amazon Music version that yep. only worked on my Amazon Echo. Yeah. And I used that for a little while, um, and and then they added out Apple Music support or whatever. I, I I decided to dump it, but this is that essentially, which is there's no like you can't make playlists. There's no uh, support for for spatial audio. It's literally a super limited access to the playlist that Apple curates and access to the library, and you got to use Siri to do it. And there's probably a reason in terms of how they negotiate these plans. But there's a precedent, right? Like, there are precedents for these kinds of super limited um, things. And so the idea here is you buy a, buy a couple of HomePods and pay five dollars a month and they have access to all the music in the world and that's you know it's not for everybody but as somebody who did at least for a little while use one of those similar plans on the amazon echo i kind of get it I, I i see why it's available it's not for everybody but it's like a way in if you and it's and it's actually less uh limited than those are because i think this is on any apple device you just have to use siri in order to to kick it off yeah, I was like, it was surprising at first because they were like, hey, we've got loads of new playlists for different moods and activities. So you can just ask for them. I'm like, is there, why? What is that? Like, you know, like you can say, like, hey, I want to go hiking, give me some music. And they've put some playlists together. But it turns out if now all right. you can do on the Apple Music voice plan, which is $4.99 a month, is just use your voice then you need more options for if you want specific right. playlists, right? It's, you can't necessarily think like hey i would like to listen to apple alternative hits right because you if you can't see it how would you know that they even have that right so by saying like hey i want some music for the afternoon or it's you know i want some music for a sunny day like maybe they can use more contextual stuff to try and find music that way i was surprised and and I think, please, by the when they were talking about Apple Music Voice Plan, I thought it was going to be something like a Pandora, right? Where it's like, yeah, you, you can only you can only like say, "Hey, play me the radio," or whatever. But they said you can play everything, but just only by your voice. When they started introducing it, I actually had a thought that maybe it would be a free tier with yes, ads or something. Too. Yep, yep. And it, it, this is, but Apple's not going to do that. Instead, this is the free tier. It's yes. five dollars a month. But this is their low-cost entry, compromised, but still gives you access to the library. And I totally see there being use cases for this. Like it, 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 it's the kind of thing where um, 
yeah, you buy a couple of these devices and you want to do that. Now, if you've got Spotify or something like that, then you can mm-hmm. do that too. But but if you've got nothing and you just want to set up a couple of speakers and have it play music, this will this will give you that that little tiny chunk of Apple Music. So, yeah, and that playlist thing that was actually a thing that the Beats service was really good at was the sort of like mood based playlists where it's like I'm cooking or whatever and I'm feeling. You know, they had that like the little two two input thing where you'd be like, I'm cooking and I want to, you know, I want the mood to be fun. And then mm-hmm. it would be like, here is a playlist for you. Um, and those were all, I don't think those were all algorithmically generated. I think somebody built a bunch of different playlists. They said but, they got their people to come and like choose the songs, you know? Yeah. So. so so more like that is good. And so I'm glad that Apple, you know, made the point of saying yep. we're adding a bunch of new playlists for context because I think that's super important whether you've got the voice plan or 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 not especially if you are just sometimes you're just in the mood you're like I'm not going to pick up my phone and pick a playlist I'm like just play me something for this and so the more you can get into every little context and have it be good the better I would say I'm intrigued to see what the like there has to be some form of explanation UI right like if you sign up for this there's yeah. got to be some kind of like, here's what you do, right? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. Well, the, my guess is that it would be in in voice, right? I mean, you can even sign up in voice. It's very much like what Amazon does. You can actually just say, I forget what the wording is, but apparently, you just say, I want to try the the Siri Music Plan, and hmm. um, what is it? Users can subscribe to the Apple Music Voice Plan through Siri by saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, telephone. just say it, Jason. Come on. <laughs> start. Well, no, I especially don't want to do this. Say it. <laughs> Ahoy Telephone, start my Apple Music voice trial, right? Which is very much what Amazon does. They want you to sign up on device. And then I'm sure there's some sort of like, would you like to know more about how to do this? You can say things like play a cooking playlist or uh, play a hiking right, playlist. Right. And that they'll do it that way is my guess. This is part, like, I think you got that from the website. I think they have a new thing called Only on Apple. Mm. This is this is like the Angela Arendt's thing, right? Meet at Apple. Only yeah. on Apple. The best experience is only on Apple. What does that mean? <laughs> Apple's not like a thing. It's like a collection of, th- uh, I'm not going to, uh, there's not enough time today for me to start getting into that. Um, let's talk about some, they did some hardware stuff. So uh, they, they resurrected the home set again for the HomePod Mini. And they now, the Colorsar has found their way to the HomePod Mini and done a good job. Yeah, so the Colorsar uh, zipped on over from the iMac mm-hmm. and bestowed upon the HomePod Mini some colors. Not all the colors, but some colors, yellow, blue, and orange. And uh, and the, the little wrapped cables and all that, which I, I think I would, I would bet you they're the exact same color. As oh, IMAX. it's 100% the same cable, like mm-hmm. without a shadow yes. of a doubt. Yeah, it looks, same looks very much like <laughs> yeah. the sa- exact same cable. They look just like the power cable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, look, yellow, orange, and blue, why not, right? Like, why not? I think this is a good idea. Just add some color to it. Uh, they could be fun. Uh, I'm super tempted to get a yellow one for my desk to match my iMac, but I'm not going to do that because uh, I don't really use my HomePod Mini very much other than just... What I use my HomePod Mini for the most here at the studio is being the hub for HomeKit. Um, but I have kind of everything turns on and off through automations, but it's here being the permanently always on hub. 
Um, these new colors will be joining the space gray, uh, which I would have just naturally assumed was black, but space gray and white uh, versions of the HomePod Mini, uh, all $99 on sale in November. And then I think the last part of the music portion of this presentation was focused around the AirPods. So the presenter was first kind of showing off spatial audio and they did a really cool promo thing in the Steve Jobs theater with like the graphics and the screens and stuff. It looked really good. Uh, And they were like really hammering home the Dolby Atmos, which by the way, so they've been adding tons of new music with the uh, Dolby Atmos support, the spatial audio support. They just added the Hamilton soundtrack. Oh my God, Oh, in, in Dolby Atmos, wow. Yeah. I listened to the opening track yesterday and it, it moved me. Like I had tears <laughs> in my eyes. Because awesome. like, the, you know, you know how Hamilton goes. The moment when mm-hmm. like, you know, the, like basically the entire chorus starts like in everybody, it's, yep. it's very enveloping. Uh, if you're mm. a Hamilton fan, I really recommend it because it sounds incredible. Um, there's also, uh, there's a new mix of Let It Be, like the album, right? Of the Beatles. Yes. And... Let it be the title track in Atmos is also amazing. So there's a lot. If you haven't checked it out in a while, there's lots of new music being added to Spatial Audio. And what's happening is kind of I think what we hoped would happen is once it was out and available, the mixes will just get better as people know more what they're doing with it. So right. I think some of the more recent stuff I've been even more impressed with because it feels like the mixes are that they're kind of really finding their place. So I recommend it if you haven't checked it out. Um, so they were talking about Dolby Atmos and they're like, hey, you know, the Max and the Pro AirPods, they support it. And now what about the regular AirPods? So third gen. What about the regular AirPods? Yeah. Third, third generation, gen. which as you got the draft point for, are a shape inspired by the um, the AirPods Pro. Mm-hmm. They look very much like AirPods Pro, but without the custom ear tips, without the, the little interchangeable ear tips, it's just hard plastic. But otherwise they look like an airpods pro and the case looks like an airpods pro case it may be the airpods pro case honestly i don't know if it's any different um but uh what's what they've rolled in here then is spatial audio support and the adaptive eq and all of that kind of stuff and they added some sweat resistance um and you know improved battery life like all sorts of things um that make it more than the airpods second generation but still less than the airpods pro mm-hmm. is sort of how i mm-hmm. i read it and in true true modern apple fashion they're still selling the second generation airpods for 129, 129. these new ones will be 179 so they go, so i don't remember the prices previously um i always i feel i should always write this down before the event begins uh do you remember how much the regular airpods were I, I feel like they were somewhere in that region. My expectation is AirPods 3 have taken that price point and then AirPods 2 have gone down in price. That uh so Zach, I love this second in chat it was 159 or 199 because you could get them with or without the wireless charging case. Mm. So they're basically bang in the middle. So because the new case has MagSafe and wireless charging support. Right. Which is the same as the AirPods Pro, by the way. I think in the presentation, they kind of made it seem like there was some kind of special MagSafe, but like AirPods Pro do charge on MagSafe because MagSafe is just a Qi charger at the end of the day. So, 
The overall shape of them, they you know they look more like AirPods Pro. I'm I'm gonna be really keen to know, uh, like some of the people, uh, like we have friends, like Stephen Hackett, for example, doesn't like AirPods Pro shape wise, but likes regular AirPods. Like people, I know that there are a bunch of people in this camp, right, that that couldn't really take the AirPods Pro shape or the in ear part, and I'm intrigued to see how they find AirPods Three from a comfort perspective. That's going to be really intriguing to find out. Um, yeah, it's got the little sensor now in the smaller stem, so no more tapping the side of your head. They've added a new low distortion driver and longer battery life. So uh, I don't remember if the regular AirPods were in the Find My Network, but I saw that these ones were as well. So, you know, they, they, basically this is exactly what you'd expect from AirPods. Apple mentioned they're the best-selling headphones or earphones in the world, which obviously they are. Uh, this seems like a really solid update that will probably last the next few years, right? I think AirPods yeah. is something that they know what they've got. They can produce them a, a massive scale for a good price. I will say, I know it's true Apple fashion thing, blah, blah, blah. But like, I actually do think this is a product where it's, it is a good idea to still keep the old version around. The old version is great. And if you can just make it cheaper and cheaper to get into the AirPods lifestyle, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, the... One that I thought about for this is uh, a parts thing, which is just this feels like Apple also optimizing for AirPods now and saying, let's use a bunch of the stuff we use for AirPods Pro in AirPods, not just to make a better AirPod product, but also to sort of like we we almost like they built a, a framework with uh, a foundation, let's say, with AirPods Pro, and mm-hmm. they want to use some of those same pieces in AirPods, whereas the original AirPods were their own thing, and then they kind of re-engineered it for AirPods Pro. This feels like more like, can we simplify the stuff we need to make? And eventually the second-generation AirPods will go away, and then AirPods will be kind of like, they'll have more in common, and that'll make it easier for Apple yep. to manufacture these things. And that's... Um, I. That struck me that that was something that they were doing in here too. By the way, I've heard from people who don't like the little squeeze control on the AirPods Pro, and I don't understand them, but they're out there. I think this is a big uh, boost for AirPods because I hate the tapping on the ears thing, um, and I much prefer squeezing the stems to do control. This episode is brought to you in part by our friends over at Setup. Getting things done is a challenge that everyone struggles with. One way to tackle it is to make sure that you have the right tools for you and your computer. And that means having the right apps. Setup is on a mission to help users get more done. With Setup, there's no more worrying about having to search for apps to solve a problem because Setup packs over 200 apps for your Mac and iPhone into one. There is an app for almost any task so you can stay in your flow and finish what you started. So you can think about your tasks, not your apps. I really love Setup. One of the things I love about it is the fact that so many great apps are being added all the time. Like there's so many apps that I really adore and honestly make it worth the price of admission. I'll give you a couple of examples, of apps that I use every day. Bartender, fantastic. Especially now that there's going to be notches on our uh, MacBook Pros. We'll get that to that in a bit. Even more use than ever to have Bartender to hide away some of the menu bar items you don't want to see. And another app that I love, I cannot recommend this app enough, is CleanShot X. This is by far the very best way to take screenshots on a Mac. Oh my God, it's amazing. If you've never used CleanShot X, you've got to try it out and it's available on Setup. 
Not only is Setup more convenient, it's also a great value. Because instead of paying hundreds or even thousands of dollars for separate licenses, there's just one flat monthly fee. And also, you don't have to keep track of all the license codes because it's all in Setup. New apps are all added to Setup regularly, updates are free, and they're all the full-featured pro versions. They don't water down the version that goes into Setup. You get the full pro thing. So, go to setup.com, that's S-E-T-A-P-P, Dot com to try Setup free for a week. If you like it, you pay just $9.99 per month. That's setup.com. Our thanks to Setup for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, we should start getting into the two-part main event, the double bill, as it were, of this event. Uh, the first part being Apple Silicon. So Tim Cook mentioned that Apple is one year into a two-year transition. I was surprised that he mentioned that. They must still be confident they're going to have this done by the end of next year. Or was it midway through next year? One of the two, right? It's two years. It depends on how you define what a two-year transition is. Did it start in June? Did it start in the fall? I would say it probably started in November of last year when Mm -hmm. they introduced the first M1 Max. And so they've got until November of next year Uh to complete the two-year transition. Yeah, which I think is still like I'm. I'm pleased to say, like, to hear that. Like, so, uh, you know, that maybe by the end of next year we should have everything that would, I guess, include the Mac Pro at least information sure. about it, if not mm-hmm. its release. And you know, they will toot and horn of Apple Silicon uh, that the response has been off the charts. Mac had the best year ever because of it. Uh, blah blah blah. But then we get into the new M1 chips, M1 Pro and M1 Max. Yeah, I guess they really like Pro and Max. Not Pro Max, though, just Max. Yeah, that's going to... I know I'm going to get that wrong a lot. Um, I am on board with this, personally. I think that this is much better naming than adding letters to things. Yeah, I mean, M1X was a good way of referring to this thing i was looking back it's been at, helpful it's been a good shorthand for us for yeah for the I, I was looking months. at my um speculative charts that i made and i kept putting them in quotes right because it's who knows what it's actually going to be called it was just a, a useful uh thing but this is for so something we've talked about uh, briefly as this transition has been going on which is how do you market different versions of a chip if you're Apple, we know that Intel has ways of doing it and other chip makers have different ways of doing it, describing what generation this is and what's different about it. But how is Apple going to handle it? And this seems like a pretty reasonable thing, yeah. which is they've got they've got M number and then they'll have M number Pro and M number Max. And who knows, maybe there will be M number Pro Max at some point. Who knows? I'll also say these are chip families themselves they all have the 10 cores the eight performance cores right so it's twice as many performance cores as the m1 they both have that but on the gpus it's not just 16 and 32 there's also a 24 variant that you can get on the 14 inch macbook pro and of course the ram uh, that you have to configure is as you build this system on a chip varies as well so there's even some variance within um, the chips in terms of what's Do you available. think that's binning? Uh, it might be. I, I, I don't know enough about chip stuff, but I, it wouldn't shock me if the Pro, or sorry, the M1 Max 24 is a binned 32. But e- either way, you know, they're yeah. differentiating. It's not like every config has its own name. And that means that they're more expansive. They can have an M1 or an M2 Max driving a Mac Pro that is beyond or maybe that maybe that's the pro max who knows how they want to do it but this gives them some flexibility to talk about their chips Uh while also 
I think, answer to another question that we got, also keeping the clarity of the chip line that this is the M1. So just in the 14, you can get the M1 Pro with an 8-core CPU and 14-core GPU, 10-core and 14-core, 10-core and 16-core. Then you can get the M1 Max with a 10-core CPU, 24-core GPU, and a 10-core CPU and 32-core GPU. So they've got a spread. Speaking of bidding the 14, yeah, the 14 base model is an 8-core, which means it's six performance cores. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really interesting, right? So that's and that's that's binning, right? That's clearly binning. Yep. So anyway, the, the, these things have room to spread. They're not just as with the M1. They're not like the specs are the same for every model. They yep. they there's variance inside the names too, but it gives them a couple of big baskets from marketing purposes to explain. And people roll their eyes at like the word marketing, but like marketing also no, it's good. encompasses explaining your product to customers, right? You're going, mm-hmm. it's not just explaining it to uh, the press it, it and doing ads. It's explaining to customers what the difference is between this chip, this chip, and this chip. And so now they can say M1, M1 Pro, M1 Max. And yes, there's variation inside there on all three of those, but... It gives you something to hold on to, like the good, better, best, basically, yeah. is what's going on here. Yeah, and you know, you you can have there's there's, there's up to sixty four gigabytes of RAM now, but that requires the M one Max on, on the Max, right? Yeah, yeah, the thirty two. So it's sixteen on the M one, thirty two on the M one Pro, and sixty four on the M one Max, and the, and the the memory bandwidth goes up as well. Like there's like the M one Max is not just a little bit bigger. M1 Pro, it's got a lot of other, I mean, like the memory bandwidth and all of that. There's a lot going on in there. So it's it's going to be interesting to see at, at when they ship sort of like what all the breakdowns really are. I, I liked um, Johnny Sruji's charts, which are, you know, they they actually referred to like what what the P- mystery PC they were comparing themselves to. There was a little like text at the bottom that said what it was. I thought that was nice. And oh, they're really? making the same case. Yeah. I yeah. It that. said it said like the 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 performance PC it had down there what like Alienware or whatever the performance PC laptop was. I, I'd be really keen to see what that is and cannot wait for all of the tech YouTubers who actually do the comparison now. Because I want to sure. see that. I want to yeah. see I want to see like Show me, right? Like, and and so obviously, it Apple was a razor, is very that, razor right. blade. One of the it razor, was the razor blade. blade. Yeah. So okay. And, that's a good. I think, and I think again, Apple is always going to do whatever makes them look the best, right? It's, uh-huh. It is marketing. That's it's. This is what's happening here. That said, it seemed to me, at least at a glance during the event, not knowing about this category, and I I agree. I look forward to the people who really care about uh, performance PC laptops to talk about how this wow. really compares in the real world. But the idea that when they said, look, it, on this chart where we're looking at power and performance, we're faster and we use way less power. And then yeah. they'd had that one example where they said, we're in the ballpark, essentially. Yeah. They weren't as fast, like as the fastest, fastest. But they said, but we use way less power. And then you run on battery and they go and they drop way down because they just can't do it when they're when they're um, not plugged in. And but I, I liked that moment only because it was Apple. I will admit begrudgingly, and they they put a a little bow on it to make it seem like we're in the ballpark, right? It's like that means you're slower, yeah. but um, it it made me get I think a pretty clear idea of how Apple views, you know, where they are with the competition, and then yes, it will now need to be proved out by 
Um, like Apple doesn't make up those numbers. <laughs> Apple has a whole team in, mm-hmm. called the Performance Marketing Group that includes a bunch of people I used to work with at Macworld and MacUser. Um, they do those tests, but obviously the ones that they're going to show in the charts they're going to show are the ones that make Apple look the best. And other people may make different judgments that they think are a better reflection of reality of what, how people use this stuff. And so this, that's going to be really interesting to dig into those highly technical yeah, people who, who, are, who are doing that stuff. But at a glance, it looks really good. And it's not, but it's not surprising because we know the legacy of Apple's chip development for the iPhone and the iPad over the years. Um, we're just seeing more cores and way more GPU cores than we've ever seen before. So I don't know if we detailed it, but the 10-core CPU. So it's a 10-core CPU maximum across both with eight right. high-performance and two uh, efficiency cores. Right, and they say 70% faster than the M1, but it, really what it comes down to is that it's uh, the M1 is, uh, what, four high-performance? Is that right? And two high-efficiency? Let's just say, yeah. Let's say yes. (laughs) Let's Let's just say say yes. The exact really, it's scaling the high performance cores that matters. That's the thing that matters the most. And so you're getting up to ten core, and that's across. So basically, all of the M1 Max and Pro just have a double the the high performance core count from the M1, just straight up. And then the variance comes in in memory bandwidth and in graphics and in some little pieces too. So it's so memory bandwidth is a double the pro on the max the gpu cores go up up all the way to potentially 32 from the 16 max gpu on the pro model Mm -hmm. and then the other things that i thought were were like little tidbits that you might have missed the m1 max has two video encode engines so it's gonna be faster at encoding video because it's got two engines to throw the work at it's got two of those ProRes engines so that there's a ProRes encode decode engine in the chip Mm -hmm. in the pro which for people who use Apple's ProRes uh, video codec, like you're going to benefit from having it be built into the silicon. That's going to be a big deal. And then there's two of those on the Max. I think they said later on, I think Shruti, who was a previous guest on the show. Yes. Um, some time ago. Two years ago, talking about the 16 MacBook so, Pro back then. Yeah. Uh, Shruti said that the, I think the 16 inch could like encode video like faster than a Mac Pro with an afterburner With the card. afterburner card. Because the afterburner is also doing that ProRes thing. The afterburner card specifically made for ProRes, right? Yeah, they basically they basically built in, again, this is a simplification. I'm sure a pro video person will tell yeah. me something very specific about it. But philosophically, it's like they wanted to build the afterburner into the chip. Or at least the parts they laptops. needed, right? Like just like the small, yes. as much as you could. But it, essentially, they have put into the system on a chip something specific right to yes. actually make the video work right and i i love to see it like i think this is fantastic i i'm not sure. worried about that myself but if i was like oh on the occasion when i like encode something from uh, final cut well now i'll get that benefit rather than being mm-hmm. like oh you know what i want to <laughs> if i want to shoot in ProRes one day am i going to want one of these afterburner cards for gosh knows how much money it's like no right the macbook pro can just handle it you know and again We'll look to the future in the coming weeks for sure, but what is a Mac Pro going to do, Jason? My yeah. God. Yeah, I, I do <laughs> I do wonder what a Mac Pro will look like. And I think we've seen the, the start of, of what their ambition is with the Macs, which is building in uh, a bunch of stuff that they feel like they know that, that the pros want. I think the open question is still 
does Apple feel like there's a place in its world for any graphics system that isn't mm-hmm. Apple's own graphics system? Um, and will that be necessary? Are there are there customers for the Mac Pro who just, you know, I know your graphics are great, Apple, but I really need to put in a card that does this. I don't know the answers to that, and I'm yep. also not that customer, so I don't even know the questions <laughs> that they would be asking. But I think that's a question, right, is that Apple's never done uh, support on their silicon for uh, an external discrete gpu so that's like up in the air for the mac pro but you can see in terms of like base performance that they would be able to offer pros that here it is in a chip that's designed for a pro laptop although by the way i've got these chips are these chips are totally also going to run on the big imac at least optionally and maybe on a mac mini at some point i mean like we will see more use for the m1 pro and the m1 max uh, than just in laptops, but they seem like they were designed for the laptops. Like I'm starting to really wonder if for the typical Pro Mac user, if they're going to need discrete like external graphics cards because they could just keep putting more GPUs in it. Just keep putting them in yeah. there. I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. And it's very technical and it has to do with Apple's perception of that market. Because if Apple can get close to so like the specs of the, some of those laptops right so it's like the the laptop version of a 3080 and 3080 is like you know nvidia's close to top of the line laptop chip for graphics right now they don't hit it but they get close to it right and if they can get close to what is considered to be an incredibly powerful gpu in a laptop without all of the aggressive cooling that's going on in some of these things like i've got to wonder like can they just do what they need to with a Mac Pro? Like to the, and when I say for um for like it's this is not going to make people happy that we're using bootcamp to play video games, right? But that's why I asked of like a pro Mac user. Like if pro Mac users are using like uh After Effects and Final Cut, maybe Premiere or whatever, as long as they can make those specific things work really great. Can't Apple just do it all on their own? Like I, I am going to be intrigued, as you were saying, to find out people that really know this stuff, really like are in it, right? And I think a lot of this, like I'm, I'm intrigued to see like all, all the tech YouTubers talk about this more as we continue to go forward and see again what Apple are doing again and again, to start to realize like, can they just handle it all themselves now? Do they not need to go to AMD anymore? to get what they need out of GPUs in the same way that they don't need to go to Intel anymore to get what they need from CPUs. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll have to talk about this a lot more uh, in the, we'll probably have a year to talk about it, but yep. the idea of what's a Mac Pro for and it, everybody's got a different vision of it. And I will say the thing to watch for is if somebody says, well, of course Apple will do the Mac Pro this way because you need to support this. I would say, look examine carefully what this is that you need to they need to support because somebody wants it because if we know anything about apple it's that apple makes decisions about what it's going to do with its products and sometimes it's going to leave some of the wants or needs of some kinds of customers on the outside and that can be a dangerous game because if you leave too many of your customers on the outside, your product is going to be a failure. At the same time, it's also the sign of being a good product 
person and a good editor of your product that you can't support everybody's use case. You need to pick the best use case for the most people that makes the best product. And so I just say I'd watch that because some people are going to say the Mac Pro is going to be a system that like one of the things that defines it is that four years after you bought it, you can swap in a new card and you can make it, you know, have better graphics performance. And that's something that like is part of the legacy of traditional computers, but Apple may not see that as a thing, right? Like Apple, Apple doesn't sell upgrades, you know, processor upgrades for four-year-old computers. They just don't do that anymore. At the same time, the Mac Mac Pro will cost a fortune, um, how do they feel about that? Like, we don't know the answer, but I'm, I'm just saying um, we are going to all need, when we're thinking about this, to calibrate individually every single one of those. Well, obviously, it will have this feature because somebody needs it. Because some of those features, Apple may say it's not worth it to do that. And I don't know where Apple's going to draw the line. Man, I'm so excited, Jason. Like, I remember what it was like last year when the feeling started to dawn on us when using the M1 chips for the first time, just how powerful it was, you know, like running benchmarks from device to device and kind of seeing what was, oh, hang on a minute, this laptop, this MacBook Air is as fast as my iMac Pro in some things, right? And I'm just, I'm so excited to find, to like to find out what are are these going to feel like? You know, yeah, and and uh, yeah, we should talk about. You can't really just use a chip, right? You got to put it in a computer. So we're going to talk something. about that. Mm-hmm. But before we do, let's thank our final sponsor of this week's episode, and that is Capital One. Have you ever hit a technical glitch when shopping online? Maybe filling out extensive payment fields enough to give you a headache, or your mobile banking app was down when you really needed it. Capital One believes everyone deserves better banking, and that means easier access to their money and more security, which is why Capital One is investing in machine learning. Machine learning allows Capital One to do things like fight fraud with random forests, with models that quickly detect suspicious activity and make it faster to alert federal investigators. And they can identify how mobile app outages happen with casual models because they use anomaly detection and incident response to help determine why app outages happen so engineers can quickly remedy them. Capital One also speeds up online shopping with machine learning at the edge, which makes shopping with virtual card numbers smoother and more secure. The technology is based on logistic regression models and running inference in the browser, and identifies payment fields which help make using virtual card numbers easier and faster. All of this stuff just sounds super awesome to me. You know, like, I think over maybe the last few years, I've been kind of trying to wonder, like, what can machine learning actually do for me? You know, like, there's a f- bunch of fun things, you could, a bunch of demos you can do, but all of this stuff sounds awesome. I, by the way, I have no idea what a random forest is, but I love the fact that they can fight fraud with it. That sounds super cool to me. The potential of machine learning is huge. See how Capital One is using machine learning to create the future of banking at CapitalOne.com slash ML. That's CapitalOne.com slash ML. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Our thanks to Capital One for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, this is the big, big main event. It is. It is. I, I had to keep holding my back from, like, hold myself back from referencing stuff when we were talking about the chips. Uh-huh. Uh, if either of us would have picked one of the two following, I think we it would have been a big surprise in the draft. Uh, the MacBook Pro has a notch. The MacBook yeah, Pro does. has feet. Yes, both of these things well, quite surprising. They they always have had 
feet. These are quite pronounced feet. These though. are more pronounced feet. Yes, the feet, the bumps have, are bigger. The bumps are bigger this time around. And these are clearly their airflow feet, which yeah. makes a lot of sense. Where before, I think it was just like stop the laptop sliding away kind of kind of feet. Those little rubber rubber guys. Now they've got like these things are made out of aluminium on the bottom, and then they go mm-hmm. to the rubber. Yep. Yep. Let's just talk about the notch. Can we just talk about the notch? Let's just start with the yes, notch. Yes, we got we got to do it. So I like how they they described it as being like, oh, and we added the and like we're not we're not putting a notch intruding into your screen. We've expanded the screen around where the camera is. That was a nice little bit of mm-hmm. uh, of contra. I don't know counterintuitive uh, uh, marketing of that. Uh, it is described as being. Using the menu bar, so they basically raised the menu bar height, and Uh the menu bar goes, the notch area is the menu bar area, which means they showed, of course, some apps with very few menus. Um, Apps with more menus, I assume that they've got some menu bar code that detects the notch and wraps the menu items around the notch, and that's just how that works. It's really weird. Like On Apple's website, they're all just showing... All of the screenshots, they have no menu bars on them. So it so makes the Here's what I was going to say is what they've done is the menu bar lives with the notch. The notch is essentially part of your menu bar now. Uh-huh. And, it, and it goes around that. If you think of it that way, the notch is the menu bar. The notch lives in the menu bar. And then when you're in like a full screen mode or something like that, what all their screenshots show is full screen mode doesn't go up through the notch at least not by default maybe it does i mean we don't know the details here but it looks like what they what they're viewing as the ideal is when you are in a full screen it just stops at the notch and yeah. the and it's blank which makes above perfect there. sense because then you can like go up to the top and the menu bar will come down but i'm just not sure why apple is showing like most of the product photos on the website with just the black bar on the top. Because like, I'll just say, like... because they're ashamed of the notch. Yeah, but it's why. like, I don't even know. Like, I've been seeing a lot of people over the last couple of days because this started to, like, be a potential rumor in the days leading up to the event. I don't know why this bothers people. Like, that is a part of the screen you can't do anything with anyway. Yeah, I, I like that. That's the, the other way to view it here is that what they've done is they've used that extra space at the top around the notch, which you might view as useless space on the iPhone. It's kind of useless. Um, but they put control center up there and you can see stuff up there and they're using it for the menu bar. It's the same thing. And so the menu bar lives up there. And the only thing that's going to be janky about it is that the menu bar, like I said, the menu bar has to move around it. And so you're going to get apps with lots of menus that, you know, you're going to have some of the menus to the left of the notch and some to the right of the notch, and you're just going to have to deal with it. But I, I think it's, I think it's clever how they've done it, and it's not as big a deal. Um, it makes it look more like the notch on the phones. It makes the screen look more expansive. Yeah, um, you're getting into space that otherwise would have to be blank if you if you aren't capable of cramming your your camera in in the little tiny bezel space, which they're not clearly, then you could either have emptiness up there or you could use it for something. And clearly they looked at it and said, well, we could just put the menu bar up there. Like most Mac users, most of the time have a menu bar and it doesn't need all the, it can work around the notch. And so here we are, notch, notches, notches here on the Mac. I've got to say though, I would like to know why the notch is as big as it is because it seems pretty big and they don't have a, like his own face ID up there. 
So no. what's going on up there? No, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's a microphone up there, and there's the camera up there. And there's, I'm, I know there's some kind of light sensors, right? Because it's it's yeah. doing like um, what do you call it? The true tone and and all the like when it when it yeah. dims the light. Yeah, yeah, all that light. stuff. All that stuff is probably in there. I I don't understand Apple's sensor thing on the Mac anyway. This is a 1080. Uh, we we I think accurately predicted exactly what they would say. Yeah. By the way, yeah. on our draft episode, which was this is the best webcam ever in a Mac laptop. Yep. Um, <laughs> because that's all they can really say. It's a 1080p with a special like new uh, layered lens or something like that. But and 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 that's all nice. But still, it's like it's not a 4K or anything. It doesn't do center stage or anything. It's just a little bit better. Uh-huh. I get that the depth of it is limited. Yet somehow they put. Um, mini LED in there, but they couldn't put a better camera system in there. Oh well, that's this is where we are right now. But the notch, I think, is something that people will get used to very quickly. Maybe the mini LED is one of the things that precluded them from putting a better camera in there. Entirely possible. Entirely possible that it it, it everything's cramped. I up would there. say that is a perfectly fine trade off. A 1080p camera yeah. is fine. It's fine. All right, it's going to do the job. That screen, oh my god, 120 yeah. frames per second promotion. Yeah, Mini I didn't LED, think you'd get your promotion. Neither but, did I. Yeah. I was I was really nervous at this morning when I looked at it. I was like, why did I pick that? Like, <laughs> I, I have that feeling. I don't know if you ever have that feeling. Sometimes I look at the draft scorecard and I'm like, why? Why did I do that? And this was one of those things. Uh, I'm that screen is going to be very nice, and it they they are bigger as well. It's sixteen point two inches on the sixteen inch, and fourteen point two inches on the fourteen inch, and the fourteen inch model has more pixels than the previous sixteen inch did. So, I know there's a lot of talk yeah. about about two X Retina. Is that a thing? I don't know. Okay, can tell but us. the resolution is very, very, very high on these on these screens, uh, which looks super cool. And a uh, thousand nits of sustained brightness, sixteen hundred peak brightness. Uh, it's going to look great with HDR, as you expected it would. Um, mm-hmm. And they've made the bezels way smaller. So I'm ah oh man, uh, this screen is going to be. I just as I had that thought, I was like, oh yeah, but Mike uses his laptop in dock mode, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this screen's going to be great, right? Because it's, it is essentially like that iPad Pro screen put on a Mac laptop. Yeah. And this is, and this feels like, you know, Apple puts a lot of pro display technology in places that are not like super pro uses, like an iPhone or, yep. you know, yeah, an iPad Pro too. But like this one, like the Pro Display XDR, this one feels like, oh, this is a computer for people who actually really need something like mm-hmm. extended dynamic range. Like, mm-hmm. I can see exactly why they would put this in this product, right? Yep. It makes sense. This is the pro laptop. This is how you differentiate the pro laptop from your non-pro laptop. It makes sense to me. The performance, though, is is bananas on this. Uh, the 16-inch is two times faster in CPU than the previous model, between two to four times faster GPU than the previous model. The 13-inch is 3.7%, up to 3.7% faster CPU, nine to 13 times faster GPU. That is just, wow. Yeah. I mean, all the things we said about chips, that's yep. what we're talking about here. Most powerful Mac notebooks ever, obviously. So. Yeah, Absolutely. They, this is this is those chips we just talked about. There's a lot going on here. Um, a lot of ports too. 
A lot of ports. Did you, lot of ports. Did you see? Yeah, that was ports? one of the things I forgot to mention with the M1 Max and M1 Pro when we're talking about those, is they did say that it increases the amount of I.O. available um, with these chips over the M1. So they've got HDMI. I, I, what I really liked, actually, because we've also not spoken about Touch Bar. We'll come back to that in a second. You know, Strucci said, we're adding ports, HDMI, three Thunderbolt 4, SD card, headphone jack, MagSafe 3, which is a high power, can still charge via the Thunderbolt ports as well. That's a lot of ports, man. Yeah, and it's, thing. Uh, and it's what people wanted, right? Like there, there is this whole sense here that this is Apple taking all the criticism that it's been given for the last five years, essentially on its laptops and saying, okay, we hear you. This seems like it's the abandonment of the less is more philosophy when it comes to pro laptops that they actually need to do work. This seems like it's the laptop version essentially of what happened when they said, all right, we're going to make a new Mac Pro because we understand that what you care about. And so that's why you see an SD card slot and you that's why you see HDMI. And um, like HDMI, I know people, a lot of people aren't going to use it, but like HDMI is the thing where you walk into any conference room and you've got to have your dongle with you because you need to adapt to whatever that is. Like HDMI yep. is the standard. Every monitor in every conference room probably has, or at least has an option of HDMI. You're going to be able to get to HDMI. The per- there, there will be an HDMI cable connected to that device probably. Like it's, it's I think the it absolutely is a port that needs to exist on a laptop. And so here it is. And then, you know, the H, the SD card, again, we, we've talked about this for years now, but like, it's not for everybody, but there are lots of workflows where you've got a device somewhere that's recording onto an SD card and you want to get it off. And you don't, you could attach that device via USB or something, or maybe there's a wireless transfer, but you know, what's even easier and faster is just to stick in the card and to your computer and have it work. And so this gets for all media professionals who've got, whether it's photos or audio or video loaded on a card, they can just jam that card into the laptop and pull that stuff off fast. Yep. That is easier. No dongle required. It's a good I thing. saw someone on Twitter say this today, I think. Like, and it's not really something I considered, but an SD card slot also allows you to expand the storage available on your laptop if you need that. At a point. I suppose that's true, right? Right. Like if you're going It's not going to be as fast. Or, yeah. But it's... But available to like if all you just need is you you know you have a one terabyte ssd but you need two terabytes for something well you get a one Mm -hmm. terabyte sd card which is i believe is possible and now you have Mm -hmm. two terabytes if you wanted it Mm -hmm. i mean it's not as uh as you say not as fast not as maybe as easy to back up but it's expandable storage i never really considered that you know in my mind the sd card slot is always just like hey i took some photos you know and uh, but there is the possibility there of just having it available to you at all times you know if not necessarily critical stuff stuff you've got to back up of course but that's something that's there that couldn't have been otherwise i just thought that was kind of a cool cool usage for it so touch bar they literally said the touch bar is gone i could not believe that they did they did they replaced the touch bar with this uh full height which is interesting they haven't had that a long time. They likened it. I thought there was, a, again, a little bit of a, a misdirection where they talked about how um, people really like this keyboard we made. So we're yeah. going to do it like that. And, and yeah. said, but then they did say replacing the touch bar with this uh, full height F key 
thing that they're doing in a in a uh, an anodized black kind of keyboard well. So yeah, it, it's like a rectangle, a black rectangle with the black keys in it. It looks like a black, just a black magic keyboard on top of a laptop. A laptop. Which is yeah. interesting. And they said uh, about the, and they've got it on the website too, with the tactile feel of mechanical keys that pros love. Well, uh, Apple, let me. Whatever. Let me talk to you. <laughs> let me talk to you about that, you know? I mean, like, technically, sure, but I mean, I have some nicer feeling keyboards if you'd like to see yeah, those too. Yeah, but again, they're not like, it's not the butterfly keyboard. No. They're just sort of saying, look, it's we know it's the actually good keyboard that people are going to use. And the Touch ID button is a key. It's like it's an actual key. Yeah, on it's, the it's just yeah, it's just it's what we've seen before. Uh huh. Um, and and but you remove the Touch Bar, and this is what you get. I think it's all fine. R.I.P. to the Touch Bar. Everybody yep. out there who liked the we Touch Bar, I guess it's ye. still on that low end model for now, but. Come on, it's not going to be there for very long. The next time they rev it, it'll be gone there too. Mm-hmm. It was an experiment that um, is uh, was interesting, but in the, the bottom line is it was an interesting experiment that needed some work and they yep. never did the work. So either they decided it was d- dead on arrival um, or they rapidly discovered that it was dead. But um, they shipped it and then it sat there for several years. But the fact, and again, if you've got something out of the touch bar, that's great. But I, all I have to do is point you to the fact that they never improved it in any substantial way across multiple OS revisions. Yep. Like they never, even when it was new ish, they didn't ever really add anything to it. And yep. all the stuff that you could do that was interesting with it was via third sort of hacky third party software. And that's, that was the the truest sign. And it's like, did, did that kill it? Or was that just a sign that it was dead? I think it's probably the latter that it, within Apple very quickly, there was no support to do any extra work on touch bar. And so it was going to go away. And in a sign of true 2021 Apple, uh, these laptops are in most dimensions bigger and heavier than the ones they replace. Yeah. Not by a lot, but they are bigger and heavier than the ones Mm -hmm. they replace. And this is probably due to the screen and, you know, they were talking about they've done a lot of work to uh, really make the thermals work for this machine. You know, I think this is like 50% better capacity for airflow and they really don't want the fans ever to come on, but when they do, they want it to be, you know, it's going to work great. I think Apple's, you know, rightly so, scared itself with some thermal stuff in the past, doesn't want to be in that uh, realm again. So they've they've done something about it, and they've designed these laptops to really do a good job of it. Yeah, and, and that's, that's fine. Like the battery... Um, battery is weight, right? That's That's part of the trade-off there. And they, um, I mean, let's talk about the battery for a yeah, second. The yeah. ba- battery life. I so listeners to Upgrade Plus will have heard among our rejected uh, items that we could have picked in the draft last week was one that I put in there that I thought had a chance of happening, but I didn't pick it. So obviously, not that strong a chance. Which was a claim of twenty or more hours of battery life for something is made. And I laughed and laughed when they pointed out that the 16-inch model has 21 hours of video playback. And on yep. their website, they've got a 20-plus at some point. It's like as much as 20-plus 20, 20 hours of battery life. Uh, there it is. But you can see that when you've got big, beefy laptops that um, are also, you know, they've got battery life and the pri- the power uh, to uh, to energy ratio is good. And then you do things like have the, you know, 
video codecs and and put those in the chips so you can make a video playback test that's super just like with the iPhones that's super uh good because it's just doing it all on the chip and that's that's power consumption wise much lower and so you can fit it in there they had a fast charge did you see that fast charge 50 percent in 30 minutes in 30 minutes too yeah these are big battery stories and that i think will hit um a lot of pros especially developers that they 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 had a four times as as many code compiles on a single charge in xcode which i thought a nice little shout out to the developers out there so we'll see in regular use but it's a apple silicon uh, mac so i think we all suspected it would have dramatically better battery life and uh and it seems to so that's that's fantastic and we'll just have to see you know it's all down to the details because battery life is something that really you know you encounter in the real world and tests are not the real world so we're gonna have to you know people are gonna take this and use it on battery Mm -hmm. and see what happens and we're gonna hear those stories but it look it's looking really good there are three power adapters that can be included depending on the chip that you get. There's a yeah, 67 watt, a 96 watt, and a 140 watt. So there's the, the 14 gets either 67 or 96, depending on uh, what your CPU count is. And then the 16 inch just gets a 140 watt. The big one. The 16 inch has a 100 watt hour battery and the 14 has a 70 watt hour battery. There's a lot, you know, they're pro, they're pro laptops. Yeah. There's a lot going on here. Um, but that's all. also another example of why um, having MagSafe in a cable is a simplification because the cable is the cable. And then mm-hmm. it's just a matter of what the, what the USB-C adapter is that's providing it with power. Um, and like, I want to stop for a second and talk about MagSafe, actually, because yeah. like MagSafe 3, first off, they did call it MagSafe. Uh, and I think that wasn't a certainty just because they did pr- mm-hmm. take that name and use it for the iPhone. But here it is, too. And they're acknowledging that there was a MagSafe 2 and this is a MagSafe 3. And I want to think about how MagSafe was a victim of USB-C, basically, that Apple said at some point, well, we want to do USB-C charging. And so MagSafe's going to go away. And now you're going to have to plug these things in, which seemed weird, right? Because... Apple had been extolling the virtues of the magnetic connection, saving your laptop from getting knocked off the table for years. And then uh, in like 2016, they basically said, well, forget about that. You just plug it in now. And it always seemed a little bit strange that they just kind of abandoned it, whether they did it for technical reasons or whether they did it for um, aesthetic reasons. I don't know. Um, I'm very happy to have it back. And I know I've said this before, but I just, I'm doing, actually, it's recommended by John Syracuse, so he's doing it too. Like, I have a USB-C thing that plugs into one of the ports on my MacBook Air that is MagSafe, essentially, and has a magnet uh, cable that I use to charge it. Because even on a USB-C laptop, I wanted MagSafe, essentially. So I'm very happy that MagSafe 3 is here. I imagine that in a year, it will be on every single Apple laptop that this is going to come back. Um, I'm also very happy that USB-C charging is also supported direct in all those cables or in all those ports. And that's for something we mentioned last week as well, which is sometimes you got like a, like a hub or, or a monitor and it needs a direct USB-C or Thunderbolt connection in order to do its job. And you want the one plug thing. And the last thing you want is to have to plug in your laptop with the one plug 
and then also do MagSafe because you know USB-C can do power. Yep. So now you can do MagSafe if you want to, but if you've got that hub lifestyle, um, it's fine. It will still work. They're not making that broken by adding in MagSafe, and I think that's great too. They did their audio thing again, Mike. You know, I have been talking about this uh, since they've been this next generation, starting with that 16 inch that they did in the fall of 19. Uh They've been talking about their studio quality mics, which are apparently better with a 60% lower noise floor. So now you can record things that are happening down at your shoes, I guess. Lower the floor, uh, right? Is that how that yeah, works? That's, no, that's that's a that's a technical term. Yeah. Oh. Oh, is it? Okay. It's not about like the height at which you record your. No, th- that's the technical term. It's about not picking up the sound of your shoes. Your shoes on the on yep. the noise floor. Mm-hmm. I see. We're yeah, professionals. You, should, you must take what we're saying. You should have a quiet floor, not a noise uh-huh. floor. That was your mistake. Is don't don't have your floor be the sixty percent lower noise floor is by adding a rug. They basically added ah, a virtual I see, I see. rug to the microphone. So uh, we'll see how these are. I am. Uh, I think Apple calling them studio quality is kind of ridiculous. I guess it depends on what studio you're in. They don't sound that great unless you're right up against them. Um, but they say that it's better. And then they also said they seem to have devoted a large portion of the of the uh, space of the laptop to the four woofers and two tweeters in the six speaker sound system that also supports spatial audio with 80% more bass. You know, we'll have to hear it to see. Um, it is an interesting choice. I assume they talk to pro customers about the importance of getting good audio out of their laptops. I, I would think that most pro customers would probably use headphones, but I don't know. I mean, Apple seems to have taken a lot of pride in in yeah. upgrading the sound system on all of their devices. And so I'm not surprised to see that here. I'm really excited about these, but they get really expensive, Jason. Have you if you poked around so they start starts at 19.99 for the 14 inch 24.99 for the 16 inch right so it's more expensive even at the base price than the yep. old 13 inch high end was yep. and the and then it just goes up from there and these things get up to like 3 4000 6000 mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. easily yeah pretty yeah, it's a, easily it, it's not hard it's not hard to take a 64 gig with a uh, with the max chip and uh, let's put eight terabytes of storage in there. That gets me to six grand. Yeah. Even with two terabytes, that's 4,200. Uh-huh. One terabyte, it's 3899. Mm-hmm. Take it back down to 32, it's 3499. But like that's, yeah, these, are, these start high and then go up from there. But yeah, start high, go higher. <laughs> yeah, but if you look at the power, you're like, okay, I mean, it, it sort of makes sense yeah. in terms of what power is involved and the yeah. specs involved, but it is a very classic kind of Apple thing. And, and the fact that they, they re- moved the base price up even so is also kind of interesting, right? Like these, I'm not are, surprised, these are pro though. laptops. I'm not surprised yeah. that the base price has gone up because there's more in it, you know, like the screens and all that kind of stuff. It's, it is better technology and, they're yeah. keeping some of the old, the older ones around, right? I don't think the sixteen the sixteen is just more expensive now, but I think if you want a sixteen inch laptop, you're probably happy to pay what Apple will charge you because you want a sixteen inch laptop, right? Like it's already a niche thing. It's kind of like yeah, I'll get it. The fourteen is more expensive than the thirteen, but the thirteen's still there for the time being. Yeah, that's a. I mean, uh, maybe a problem to to solve later. But uh-huh. I look at that thirteen inch M1 MacBook Pro and I think. What are you? Why are you here? And if I well, had let guess, me tell you, Jason, yeah, it's okay. a fantastic laptop, right? Like, I, sure. I just want to say, like, I've been using one for a year, and 
it's just a superb computer. But yes, I, it is now easy to look at and be like, shouldn't you just be the MacBook Air? Like, is this just for touch bar lovers? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, understand, I understand what you mean. I don't know where they're going, and I know that it gives them a a low price to get into MacBook Pro. But is it a MacBook Pro as it's now defined? Like, it doesn't have the screen. It has the touch bar. It doesn't have the ports. It doesn't have MagSafe. It's like this poor product has been, ever since it was the MacBook Escape back in the day, this poor in-between MacBook Pro has been a weird product. And I hope that the next time it gets revised, it turns into something different i'm not quite sure what that is is there a place for a maybe just call it a macbook at at 12.99 that's a little more modern than this one but not quite up to the pro it it just my problem with it primarily at this point is that these new 14 and 16 inch macbook pros have defined what the macbook pro is yeah and this even though it's got an m1 in it it feels otherwise like a uh, you know, escapee from the previous generation of MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. And I wonder where they're going to go with it. Because what you don't want to do, I would argue, is pack... Like, it, the the display is what it is. That's one of the ways you save money. You're not going to pack the new display in there. That's the 14. Maybe you could put uh, a, an M1 Pro chip in it. Maybe you can't. I don't know. But you don't want to raise the price too much. You don't want to make it 15 or 14.99 because they want to hold down the low end. So I just, I, I'm curious what they're going to do there because that product continues to feel like a, a, a weird outlier that doesn't belong in either, either camp. And I don't know what they're going to do, but it does continue to exist. And if you need a touch bar, there it is. Yeah. It's there for you. So these Macs, I think quite surprisingly, uh, you can order them right now and they start shipping next week. Yeah. That's that it. A surprise. Surprise. That was the most optimistic. You and I talked about it. Like, is it going to be October or November? And the answer is October. They're going to hit October 29th. And uh, so they obviously, by all these stories, were delayed. But when it came time to announce them, it was Apple knowing that they have them now and they can ship them. So, and that macOS Monterey is going to wrap up and they're going to. And, and they're going to push it all out the door next week. Although, so, of course, yeah. if you're hearing this, it's too late for next week. Oh, yeah, because everybody's already ordered them. Yes, they've if been ordered. If you haven't ordered them yet, yes. On I'm, mass. I'm sure. Yeah, there may be some at your local Apple store. You yeah. should check on lunch day and Maybe. go in there. I ordered one, Jason. Did you now? Yeah. Did you now? Is your, is your wallet feeling a little bit lighter today? Quite a lot a bit lighter, Jason. I'm not going to lie mm. to you, my friend. It's a very expensive computer. What I'm asking is what's in your wallet, and the answer is not as much as it used to be. <laughs> you want to know what I got? Yeah. 14-inch yeah. MacBook Pro in space gray. Um, I realize now that I didn't even think to choose a color, but space gray is what I would have gone with. Okay. Uh, ten, I got the you, Apple you M1. You get very distracted when you're buying these things. Because I have such a limit in space of time. Like You were yeah, waiting for me, right? And it's like, if yeah. I want to get my order in, i got to get it in fast. Okay. I went with the Max CPU. Ooh. Uh, well, the system on a chip. So 10-core CPU. I went with the 24-core GPU option. I don't need yeah. more than that. 64 gigabytes of memory. Yep. Just to see. Uh, two terabytes of SSD storage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got one terabyte on my current MacBook Pro, and I wished I wouldn't have done that. Ah. Yeah, and that's it. So that was very expensive. 
$38.99 in yes. dollars. Yep. It's thirty-seven ninety-nine in pounds. I don't want to know what the conversion is for that in dollars. No. So uh, I have a, you know, I have a MacBook Pro that I'm going to be selling to help fund it. But um, I, my MacBook Pro is my main machine now and has been uh, for the last year or so. And uh, I'm especially looking at this machine as travel is starting to become a thing again in my uh, not too distant future. And me and that thing are going to get on real fine. And honestly, yeah. I really wished Apple would just release a friggin' display because that machine, oh. like this machine is going to be so yeah. much more powerful than my iMac. Yeah. Like, I just wish they would re- release a display and then I could just use that does, it. That isn't a $5,000 display, yeah. Right. Just, yeah. just give me a display and then me and this MacBook Pro, we could just do everything together. We'll be the best mm. of friends, you know? So... Overall, this is pretty great, man. This is pretty great, right? It's pretty good. Hanging hanging out there. I know we we you know talked about the chips earlier. I I think I would expect that at some point in the next few months we'll see some other products with these mm-hmm. chips. Um I I really think that there's a possibility the 24-inch iMac will get uh an M1 Pro option, but it may wait until they have a larger iMac so that they can yeah. do those at the same yeah. time. I think right? so. so. I think it's iMac Pro or something. Like basically, I think the argument would be I don't wanna I don't wanna tempt people into buying this small iMac with the pro chip when I know as if I'm Apple that the that there's the bigger iMac coming. I might hold off. But it's right there. As is the Mac Mini, honestly. Like the Mac Mini, um, it seems like they could do that fairly simply with an announcement that they're that they're going to put the Pro M1 Pro as an option in the Mac Mini with more ports and that doesn't require an event for them to do that they could do that at any time and i imagine they will do that at some point um event or not um maybe they hold all this off and there's a Mac event in the spring where there's a new iMac and that there are other updates that happen then they could also just in the next few months just say oh yes here it is um, in a press release, and that would be fine. But I'm excited by that because now you can see it doesn't just stop at the M1. And that's that's the, for me, I mean, if you bought a MacBook Pro like Mike did, um, then this is a big announcement because of the MacBook Pro. For the rest of us, it's still a big day because we now have a spread of Apple Silicon products and we have a much better idea of sort of where Apple is headed with the rest of the Mac product line during the rest of this transition. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who is waiting anxiously for a big iMac, um, like that, this is great news because now essentially I know what's going to be in my next computer, right? I know what chip is going to be in it. It's going to be an M1 Pro or an M1 Max. That's what's going to be in my iMac. Go to upgradeyourwardrobe.com and you can find some wonderful upgrade merchandise. You can get yourself the upgrade logo tee or the upgrade hoodie. Go to UpgradeYourWardrobe.com and you can pick those up. Uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors for this week's episode, Things, Setup, and Capital One. And also thanks to everybody who supports the show directly. You can go to GetUpgradePlus.com, go to GetUpgradePlus.com, and you can sign up and you'll get longer ad-free versions of the show. Uh, I have no doubt Jason will have many more words to write over at SixColors.com in the upcoming days, especially with, with Monterey on the horizon. Man. I'm sure you're going to be working hard. At I, I I got a lot of words already already socked away for that one. <laughs> I got to mm-hmm. finish up, and uh, it's going to be a busy week, big week, good week. Very big excited. Week, this week. is, and let's hope. By the way, 
that this is it for this year, but we'll see. We'll uh, see. Uh, <laughs> Jason is at Jason on Twitter. I'm at iMike. I am Y-K-E. And we'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell. Goodbye, Jason Snell. Goodbye, Jason Snell.